three, two, one. It's Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Now you know that guy ain't shit. Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. Where the stars of this piece of shit? I am Big Kev. Why do they call you Big Kev? Ooh. I am OG. Oh look, he's got a billion toys. And I am PK. I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. I say we stay here and fight it out. OG's not actually racist against many people. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. I'm not really angry all the time. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Biz Legends box set. You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are. I know it's fun. You're like, hey, I found buttons. Let's push them to piss me off. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. Big Kev's Geek Stuff dot com. You fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want. Oh, hello. Oh, hi there. How's it going? Oh, you know. Welcome home, hey, then, then. traveler. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. Well, not really. I mean, at all. in all fairness, with no offense to you or anybody else, mm -hmm. I wish I was still at Gen Con, but, but in some regards, it is, it is very nice to be back, uh, you know, sleeping in my own bed and relaxing on my own. Uh, my did own you floor. take a train out there? I did not. No, no. I flew out there. <laughs> I flew out there. Um, oh, because I hear taking a train to the uh, middle of the country is a, a fun experience. Yes. No, I, I mean, uh, no, I will never do that again. That was a one and done. <laughs> you did a horseback and buggy to uh, to get out there. I did. I took the Oregon Trail to get out there. I did not get dysentery. Proud of you. So uh, you No, know. that's not true because everyone who took the Oregon Trail got dysentery, Bonus. as we know. Yeah, everybody. If, if video games have taught us anything, <laughs> that's right. everybody got no dysentery. No one survived the Oregon Trail. Everybody's dead, Dave. <laughs> um, but yes, I was uh, I was at Gen Con last week. Um, Ooh, the lolly. It was a tremendous experience, but we'll talk more about that in uh, in segment two of tonight's show. That's fantastic. Does that sound does that sound good for you? Mr. Monty looks so cool with his with his hat on backwards and his his sunglasses up there like like he's the cool kid in the room. Well what happened is before the show I um I think I had about a gallon of coffee. Ah. So I think just kinda of bouncing around, it just seemed like a good idea really quickly. Um, oh, that's what coffee does to you. It makes night. good ideas bad. Exactly. Makes bad ideas good, rather. Exactly. You know, and there's the excitement of not doing uh, the show today from Studio M. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about like screwing up the show like I did last week. So you, you know, should. That. Did you hear the show last week, OG? I, unfortunately, I did not hear the show. You last should week, because no. he pushed that dog so hard on being our mascot. It oh, was heard, not even funny. I heard he was our mascot already. Yeah. I heard we have stickers coming and T-shirts. I ordered a posters. He told me he ordered like a full mascot costume. He was going to wear it at New York Comic Con. That's what I was. No, told. no, no. That's for sandwich. I, oh, that's I, for sandwich. Okay, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. I, I told him, I'm like, we already have a mascot, Sandwich. So <laughs> Yeah, Sandwich is wearing the outfit. I thought we talked but about this. The, we, we, have, we have multiple mascots because we also have Nugget. That's our Hawaiian no, mascot. We don't, we don't have Nugget. You guys <laughs> have Nugget. So, I don't have no Nugget. You know, the, the show has multiple. As a matter of fact, characters. I, need, characters. I need a bio for Nugget. I need a bio. <laughs> Create one. For the Create dog. One. I'm going to put them all up on the webpage. That's it. You should put them all up on the webpage. Webpage, uh, are, are we allowed to talk about the the fact that we're redoing the webpage? Um, oh, no, I guess I just did. Uh, I mean, I, I, yes. I, it, 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 rumor is there is a new webpage coming at some point in time. Dun, dun, dun. What could that mean? Uh, dun, dun, dun. That that I have to find someone to redesign a webpage for us. Ch -ch 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 changes. Um, Sorry. But with all of that being said... We are yes, here sir. to do an episode of this week's podcast. Uh, and with that, OG, that's right. we will bring the, yes, oh. this episode to a close. The way <laughs> we end some episodes by saying, uh, this is Big Kev's Geek Stuff, episode 552. The one we're calling, in honor of Mr. Monty and his caffeine addiction, The Magic oh. of Coffee. I picked you up coffee, too. Let's not, you did uh... pick me up coffee. Yes, but my addiction is Where's well mine? It's I, I tried ordering it through the app. It's on its oh, way. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. in the mail. It'll it's be there tomorrow. Go get Kona, you son of a bitch. You've got the good shit out there. Listen, first of all, motherfucker, Kona is like $50 a pound. Yeah? At, on the island of Kona. Uh-huh. Most Kona that everybody drinks is a blend. I know. And it's usually like 10% or less Kona uh, in the blend. Kona's the Here on the island of Kauai, yeah. we have Kauai <laughs> Coffee. It okay. is the largest coffee plantation in the United States. I bet you didn't know that. Um, I didn't. Big Kev's learned stuff this week. Mm -hmm. And Waimea Coffee has a, um, they have a variety that they sell only on the island. It's called Tipica, and it is exactly the same as Kona. There you go. Exactly the same. I'm going to send you some, OG. Sounds like a plan. I like the coffee. And, and you may share it with Monty if you so choose. I will, I will brew us a delicious pot before a show one week. But we'll be bouncing off the walls. With all of that, we do have a show to do. Yeah. We have some news to talk about, although not a lot. News is a little bit on the on the light end, but, but that's okay. That's okay, because that just means I get to talk about Gen Con more. Yeah. You enjoying that ring, by the way? Uh, I am. This is one of the things I picked up mm. at, uh, at Gen Con. It is essentially... Oh, please tell me you did not get a dice ring. Uh, I did, and it's essentially an adult fidget spinner. I've which noticed. Is, is, which is really the only reason I bought it. Because I have no intention of using it as an actual dice. Mm -hmm. It's really just... You know, when you're sitting in the New Jersey traffic... 45 hours on 280, not moving more than an inch every 25 or so minutes. Well, for me, Are I'm you not... spinning it to see how many people you're going to kill if that traffic doesn't start moving? <laughs> That's right. Every <laughs> time I roll a one, I stare at another driver real angrily. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Hey, Will, Will has entered uh, the, uh, the Instagram, and he is addressing you and me, OG, and then he also addressed... Uh, Monty. Yeah. No, actually, somehow I became a seahorse. I don't know how that started. It was a oh. Discord thing. 
you have you'd have to ask Anabox in Discord, but somehow I became uh, a designated seahorse. Not sure how that happened. I have a lot of questions. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think we should. Hey, move if you with keep that up, he'll call in and explain why you're a seahorse, I, and I, I, we'll have to deal with that. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's... would you like to call in and explain why you think OG is a seahorse? Give us a call at the GVM line. 201-730-2547. And <laughs> you may hear yourself on an upcoming episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. I like seashells, seashell things. <laughs> Look at you, Mr. Seahorse, Mr. Captain, Mr. Balloon Hands. That was a blast <laughs> from the past. <laughs> wow. All right, let's move forward with this show. Uh, I'm calling this the eh news story. Of, of tonight's prep sheet. He-Man action figure documentary, The Power of Grayskull, comes home in September. Uh, so this... are we basically getting a long-form version of the Toys That Made Us episode yes. of He-Man? So that's exactly what it sounds like, and that's exactly with... why I don't care. But with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella and I guess whoever the hell. Oh, and J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, boy. I can't wait to yeah, fall asleep but, to that. But so here's the thing. I don't care about any of those people's opinions on He-Man action figures. Well, clearly they're not going to be commenting on the action figures. They're I, just there to comment on the phenomenon. I get that. But I feel like all I needed to know about the development of He-Man both the product line and the animated series yeah. I got from the toys that made us mm -hmm. in a half hour in a half an hour. <laughs> and I got the guy who just says bong over and over again, burned into my brain. I don't need anything else. My life is complete with that episode. Anything related to the toys that made us is just a fantastic look back at, I mean, at a certain line of toys. I mean, that show is perfect. Agreed. That, every single episode of that show is perfect. The Even the that episodes that you think are going to be weak or weird are brilliant. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that high octane Did you guys pictures, watch the Barbie episode? It's one of the best episodes of the yeah. entire series. Phenomenal. Yeah. And any one of those, it should be said too. You know, I just made a joke about this a minute ago, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that back a little bit now because any one of those episodes, any one of them, could be expanded into a full documentary. It could you know be. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Going deeper and going longer and wider. I mean, certainly Star Wars, I mean, certainly could be a two hour documentary because the, the history and the whole, you know, the whole, uh, well, history about that line uh, uh, and its ups and downs and downs and downs and downs and downs uh, could easily be translated into a full documentary. Well, so. I mean, what I liked about. What I like about the toys that made us, and I don't want to go deep into too deep into the water on that show, but I think they do the perfect distillation of the information that really matters mm -hmm. and really counts. And I think that those shows are perfect in a half an hour because I fear that some of them, if expanded upon, would end up becoming boring. It is the right balance yeah. of everything. And frankly, I mean, there's a lot of production that goes into a documentary documentary style that they're doing. Yep. It's very creative for if someone wants is wants to come out with their own documentary one day. Right. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of work, a lot of time that goes into that. So, I mean, they're not as cheap or as easy to make because of the, just the, the man hours that has to go into the editing. Um, so, 
it's kind of good as is. They don't really need to unless they're going to be putting a lot more money into it. So I right. mean, it's, it's good as is maybe if they wanted to do like behind the scenes of a making or like the research of an episode. But otherwise, I mean, they kind of hit it at all angles and they're, they're good to rewatch at the same time. Well, this is going to be a 95 minute documentary, which is about 65 minutes too long. This will be something um, where, where once it's on a Netflix or Prime or something like that, you'll have it on maybe in the background while you're doing stuff. Yeah. That's what this is going to yeah. be. I, I think. just I just don't see it holding my attention for 95 minutes if I'm being completely honest. But maybe it'll be good. Maybe high octane pictures will will do a fine job. To me, it just seems like this is a case of Simpsons did it. Um, <laughs> Simpsons and, did it. Yeah, and you know I just I don't feel like like I need it. Um, this next thing I think is actually a pretty big deal. Um, okay. Um, Doctor Who will stream exclusively on Warner Media's HBO Max. Well, that's a coup. So, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Doctor Who has bounced around a little bit um, as far as where it has streamed. Um, it was available on uh, Prime. It was available on Netflix. Um, obviously, BBC America, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's going to go exclusively... I mean, as far as streaming goes, it's going to go exclusively to HBO Max... Um, I think that's interesting. Um, it's not a bad thing. I mean, other than the fact that I have no intention of getting HBO Max. But the truth of the matter is, I don't go back and watch a lot of Doctor Who episodes. I'm not into the Doctor Who. Multiple times. Like I re There are some episodes that I will watch multiple times because I think they're that good. Mm -hmm. But I can find those episodes if I need to. I'm not that worried about it. Really? In, w in what way, OG? What way could you find those episodes? YouTube. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's official. It's retarded. Andy Serkis is going to be directing Venom 2. Um, uh, you know you know who I feel bad about here? Andy Serkis. Because okay. why would you want to step in that pile of dog shit? It's well, like you see it there. There's the dog shit. And you're like, I'm, a, I'm just going to step right in there. Well, you know, despite our feelings of the project. There are quite a few people who enjoyed the movie. The movie didn't do as bad as we thought it was going to do. People still actually... making fun of that movie. Do you watch Colbert? I do. Once in a while. Not, do you watch Colbert? Not with regularity, no. Colbert made fun of that movie literally last night. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I, I, You know, like, a lot. <laughs> like, it was in two different jokes. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying that the movie didn't do as bad as we all predicted it was going to do. It actually has it did a little a, better. It has a fan base. Um, I know more people that like that movie than I know that like some DC properties. Let's but put it that way. I think people were just, I think people were holding on to hope that it was going to be tied into Spider-Man in some capacity. Right. And that's why they, that's the only reason why it did a little bit better than yeah. what it did. Well, now that they know that that is never going to happen, mm -hmm. perhaps now they will abandon such nonsense and not go see Venom 2. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But look, Andy Circus wants to take it on. He can't do any worse. Right? Like he can't he can't he can't provide something that's more terrible. That, that's that's the bar. I think what I, I think if I hear you right, you're saying you can't polish a turd. I mean, no, what what I'm saying is what I'm saying is you, you know, you can't make a turd worse than a turd. I mean, I guess it could be a little runny instead of firm, but you get what I'm saying. Corn. You get Corn what I'm saying. In there. Corn. Little, yeah, a little bit of a peanut maybe or two. Something. Yeah, I get you. Uh, anyway, let's move forward. 
Uh, Andy Circus sprinkling the corn and peanuts in the poop that is Venom. That's it. It's a poo Sunday. All right. Uh, Star Trek Picard prequel novel and comic book series is in the works. See, now here's my problem with this. To me, this is putting the cart before the horse in many ways. I, I, I think they need to let the show stand on its own. Prove that it's actually going to be something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Prove that it's successful and it has a good story to tell. And then based on that, if you need a comic book series or a novel, then you do it. To me, announcing these things in advance, it's it's premature. It's a prequel. I, I, I understand that. They're both prequels. I, I, I so- get it. And the reason that I'm going to disagree with you here uh-huh. is because it doesn't matter if this is a Voyager. And what I mean by Voyager is the shittiest Star Trek franchise. It doesn't matter if this show stinks. It's part of the continuity. All they're doing is trying to use like like they usually do, like like most things usually use in, in this genre – they're using novels and or comic books to fill in the gap between the end of Next Generation and the uh, uh, and the beginning of the Picard series. And it's important because I'm sure they're going to cover some of, you know, the, the things that they are allowed to write about in the comic book and the novel. I'm sure they're going to cover some of those things. Sure. But to have some sort of framework so that you're not so heavily relying on the show to have to flash back for an entire season. You know, it's not Arrow. I get it. You know, and I hope it isn't Arrow. Um, they're obviously going to have to have some flashback stuff. They're obviously going to have to do some explanation on things. And if they can do it this way, they make a few bucks, you know. Sure. That's That's, I think... I think it, I was totally unsurprised. I'm surprised we haven't heard it before now. Okay. That it was going to happen. All right. I mean, look, I hope it's good. I hope that all of these things are good. I think yeah. that the Star Trek fans and the Picard fans and the Next Generation fans, I think they deserve all of these things. And so uh, in that regard, I want it to be good. It just seems, I don't know, it just seems, it just seems premature. Seems a bit much. It seems a bit much. It seems a bit premature to me. Um, well, the buzz is humongous. It is humongous. Especially after that trailer in San Diego. I hear you. I don't, look, again, I want it to be good. I hope that it's good for the people that watch it. I mean, I'm not getting CBS access or whatever the fuck it's called. So not on my radar. All access. But, oh, yeah. CBS all access. Well, I will not be accessing it at all. So there you go. No access. <laughs> You're the access of evil. That's right. I am. Access. And, yes. The Midnight Society returns. In a new Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, limited series that is set to premiere this October. Did you watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Who keeps putting this Nickelodeon shit in here? I I like Which one of you yahoos keeps adding Nickelodeon news into our program? What's wrong with Nickelodeon? Let's see. There wasn't Nickelodeon news before Nickamonte. I'm sure I would have put this in the news. Yeah. I liked Are You Afraid of the Dark. 
I was a big fan of it back in the day. I was a big fan. I was a big fan of it back in the day. It was. It I'm was, sorry. It's just I. You know, I was a little young to appreciate it when it first came around. So I'm sorry. Yeah, you were already on your what third or fourth reincarnation at that point. Yeah, that's it. I'm Buddha. <laughs> Wrong. I'm just a fat guy. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. It's going to be uh, three one-hour episodes that is going to introduce us to an entirely new Midnight Society, which is a group of kids who tell tel terrifying tales um, about uh, stories that eventually then come to life. This was, at the, at the time, it was sort of a kid's version of, like, amazing stories or not really twilight zone i think it was more amazing no, stories than twilight i mean it was Zones, it was but, uh, and and some of the some of the episodes hold up well a lot of them don't because they're so dated mid 90s yeah. kind of era and everything um but i mean i loved watching these when i was a kid and uh, honestly i think uh, maybe even young frodo may like something like this or I, maybe not he um, might he might um I don't know. It was it was like the right amount of horror for me at that age. Like I wasn't. I'm I'm still not a huge horror fan, even as a grown adult. So no even as no a one's perfect. as a as a well, however old I was when Are You Afraid of the Dark first came out. Um, I don't know. Forty. Yeah, I was about, about <laughs> forty. No, the original series ran in '92. So '92, I would have been thirty-six. No, I was. I would have been just in middle school in '92. So I was probably already. I was a little old for the series at the time, but I still remember enjoying it. I watched it. I mean, it was, I was like was okay. nine. Yeah, yeah. So, you were I mean, you were probably nine, more the target age than yeah. I was. Um, but you know, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was, and I think I think in the world or in an era of things like. Uh, in an era of like Stranger Things, mm -hmm. I think this has a home. Now, obviously, it's not the same exact thing as Stranger Things, but I think that this is sort of. I feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark, in a lot of ways, laid the groundwork for things like Stranger Things mm -hmm. to be what it is today for us from a nostalgia standpoint, from a concept standpoint, from a story beat standpoint um i don't know i'm excited to, i'm interested to see how they're going to do it is it, is it coming back to nickelodeon does it does it say where it's the the new one where is it coming back to that's the only thing i didn't see in the article well we're saying nickelodeon has released so i don't know if it's going to be on... oh i guess oh yeah okay so yeah. i guess it's coming back to nick okay yeah i'm actually still surprised that nickelodeon is a thing i'm not gonna lie yeah, I can't. They don't blame you. But but all a lot of those classic shows are getting follow ups, and they're getting like Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, that's coming. I think a teaser dropped for yep. during Comic Con. Hey Arnold's was last year, I think. Yeah, I didn't um, see that one. So I mean, like all of those shows are kind of getting a little bit of a resurgence, which makes sense. Um, I think Rocco's yeah. going to be on Netflix. I want to say though. Uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, this next one I'm super excited about. Yes. Like, really Agreed. excited about. Um, even though I hate Hot Fuzz with a passion that burns really? hotter than the pits of hell. That's which I don't understand because um, it's, it's a funny flick. It's a great flick. Oh, it's film. terrible. What? I, don't find, I, I didn't find that movie even remotely funny. I found it tedious and boring. Did you watch the same movie we're talking about? I, 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 I did. And, and, and I loved Shaun of the Dead. It was a great movie. And I loved... Um, I loved um, yes the the third one in the trilogy. 
restaurant. Um, not restaurant. Uh, what the fuck was that one called? World's End. Yeah, the World's End. World Sorry. World. Um, oh, really? That was you're forgetting one. No, there were only three in that trilogy. Oh, it, oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of movies that they made together. No, no. I was thinking of right. No, I was thinking of strictly of the Cornetto trilogy, which yeah, is yeah. Shaun of the Dead, right. Hot right. Fuzz, and uh, World's End. What's the other movie though that I'm forgetting? The one with the alien. Seth Rogen plays the alien, Something was and in they're Paul? like, I think I remember that. Seriously? One. Oh my god! I'll look it up. I don't remember that one. Um, but I, anyway, I, I, I own it. I can't remember what it's uh, called though. Go ahead, Paul. This, this, yeah, it is Paul. It's Paul. Paul. Oh, I don't, yeah. think, I don't know that I ever saw. Which Paul. That's okay. Really? You never saw Paul? No, I don't think I ever saw Paul. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, so Amazon has picked up the new series by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost called Truth Seekers. Um, this is going to be a um, a horror comedy TV series. The show will center around a pair of ghost hunters one of which is going to be played by Nick Frost, who investigate ghost sightings and other paranormal activity. Um, nothing else has been released about Simon's Pegg's character, except for the fact that his name will be Dave. Uh, Truth Seekers was created by Frost and Pegg and will be the first series produced by Stolen Pictures, the duo's production company. Simon, Miles, and I, whomever Miles is, um, and everyone at Stolen Pictures are incredibly happy to be making Truth Seekers with our new partners over at Amazon Prime Video. Um, so, look, the, the concept of this sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, I think the two of them are perfect. I really like Simon Pegg. I really like Nick Frost. I like them together. I like them separate. They're hysterical. Um, again, with the exception of Hot Fuzz. Um, so, I, I am... Look, I'm allowed to be wrong once in a while. <laughs> Production on this is set to begin in uh, September. I'm also excited about some, well, at least one or two of the other names. Um, I thought I saw a couple of other names. Serafinowicz. Yeah, but it's not Peter. It's James Serafinowicz as one of the writers. But the I think, lesser. I wonder if I think I think I feel like James Serafinowicz might have worked on the Tick as well with Ben Edlund. Um, but I, I I could be mistaken on that. But I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see this. I am I am not upset by this. So no. Um, I think I think it has a lot of potential to be great, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm in I'm here for the joyride. I want to I want to skip because I know we're going to go to break uh, fairly soon. I want to skip to uh, Kevin Conroy to play Bruce Wayne in Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm getting more and more excited about Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm -hmm. And I just read in this article also Burt Ward. Yep. Will appear yep. and uh, whoever the dude Cress Williams as Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah, Black Lightning, the show that was never going to be merged with the rest of the CW universe, except that we said, of course, they'll figure out how to do it eventually. It'll be one of the crossovers. Yeah, um, of course. But look, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I haven't watched any of the CW shows in close to two years now. Same. I think at this point. Yeah. Um, but the inclusion of Brendan Routh as Superman, the return. Um, of the other guy as Superman as well. Um, the guy who played him on Supergirl. The name is eluding me right now. No, I, um, uh, I also heard rumors from Smallville, too. There were going to be some characters. I don't know how true that was. Yeah, I don't know how true that one is. That that one has not been confirmed yet. But but Kevin Conroy playing an older Bruce Wayne. Um, of course, this is going to... This is going to... Um, I think this is going to firmly introduce Batwoman into the series as well. 
Um, I think she's going to be involved because in the Batwoman universe, Bruce Wayne is dead. So that he's just this is this is just a, this is another another universe that Kevin. You, you know, is if there be. is any justice in the world, he will play Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond. He will, but then who plays Batman? No one. You don't need Batman. You just need maybe maybe yeah, it's, what if it's he's pre, the only guy that they interact with maybe it's pre-batman who was who was batman and batman and beyond what was the what was his tim drake not tim drake well, um, um terry mcginnis there oh, you go. who was it terry mcginnis. terry mcginnis thank you i knew it was a t but yeah i i'm super excited i'm super excited um by this he comes out with that gray turtleneck and black suit with the cane with his hair all grayed up yep. i'm gonna die laughing uh, i yeah so i i I got to be honest with you. I am 100% tuning in for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll just read like little, you know, synopses. The one good thing about the crossovers are if you don't follow all the shows, they do a pretty good job leading you into the story. They do. You don't need to know the nuances of what's going on in every single show. So I'll just read a couple of summaries leading up to it and then enjoy the three or four episodes that it is. Um but it is shaping up to be it is shaping up to be some good stuff, man. And to see Kevin Conroy actually play will this be the first time that he plays live action Bruce Wayne? Yes. It is, right? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for A this. A lot of people will be, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's super good. All right, while hey. we're skipping ahead. Oh no, no, no. I want to get back into uh Big Kev's kids stuff. Okay. Uh here with more Nickelodeon news. Okay. We gotta create we gotta create a little uh a little intro for this, Monty. You know, here's why I'm here's why I'm upset by this news. Every single thing that I need. No, no, fuck Bill Murray. I mean, I love Bill Murray, but not as Garfield. I mean, come on. Everything I need from Garfield mm-hmm. from now until the end of time, because in my opinion, it still holds up very well. Very well. Is Garfield and Friends. I don't need any other Garfield but Garfield and Friends. Just bre- just rerun Garfield and Friends. That's it. With all of the little spinoff shows. You know, the holiday special, the holiday special. That's all I need in the world of Garfield. As far as if you want to give me one additional thing, give me the classic Garfield cartoon, the Halloween special. Those are good. Where they go to the island with the ghost pirates. Other than that, everything I need from Garfield is Garfield and friends. I don't think I've liked anything since. Like even the Bill Murray was. Even Bill Murray didn't want to be in those movies. No, no, no one wanted that. <laughs> no one wanted that movie. And yet and yet we got it. He got. I think like the story was he got confused on who the directors were. Yeah, or something I, like that. I forgot what it was exactly. Um, I mean, may, I don't know. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it'll be good. But I just bring me back Garfield and friends. Yeah. What was the? What was the? Was Happy Acres? Was that the name of the farm? The the, the, the Christmas special. No, no, no. Do you remember Garfield and friends? The Garfield was Garfield, but the end friends was that other cartoon. It was with the pig. It was the. Uh, it was the chicken that hadn't hatched. It was just the egg with the two feet that stuck out the bottom named Sheldon. Does nobody else remember this other than me? I'm, oh, I'm kind okay. of, I'm kind of wondering character. if you're making this up. No, no, I see the character. I'm trying to That was out. That was the end friends from Garfield and Friends. I think it was Happy Acres or something was the name of the farm. Or Happy something. Um, so Will this says is, Tyler Hochlin going back to the uh, other story. Yes, Tyler Hochlin is the is the gentleman who will be playing um, other Superman, who did a great job as Superman, by the way. Um, so let's see. Uh, this acquisition marks another step in our evolu- evolution towards being kids' first stop for the best new content characters. 
Um, so we're incredibly happy to have Garfield join our growing roster of globally loved franchises and to introduce this cool cat to a new generation of fans. Cool. Um, um, I don't know. I just, I just, just give me Garfield and friends and call it a day. That's all I want. That's all I want. But I got to know the name of that farm. Nick, Working pick on. a story. You want to go to break? Why don't we go to break? No, it's too early to go to break. ABC in talks with Marvel to develop new female-led superhero series. Yeah, why don't we just do these last two stories and then go to break? Yeah, so ABC is developing a new series. I'm surprised that anything is going to ABC at this point. The big rumor that I keep on hearing uh, on the social medias today, um, and, and this is solely based on a single line from this article, which says... Um, I've spoken to Marvel and we're in active talks about one project in particular. Uh, she describes the show's lead character as something brand new, mostly. <laughs> so the rumor that I keep hearing, and this has been a rumor that's been circulating for probably about two years now uh, as a character that they're eventually going to develop, is that we're going to get a She-Hulk show. Um, and it's going to explore... It's going to explore her both as the attorney and the hero. Um, and it'll be the balance between the two. No, thanks. Um, and I think people are reading into something brand new mostly because, you know, it's it's a new character, but, it's, but there's familiarity already with the Hulk. Um, and there's a tie-in with the Hulk. And I, I think that's where that rumor is stemming from. They're also saying that it's going to be female-driven. Um, and she seems like a fairly likely candidate. Um, I wouldn't be upset by that. I, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. As a show. Um, I don't consider myself a Hulk slash She-Hulk fan in general. That said, anything that I've ever read that has She-Hulk in it, I'm, I've always been okay with. Like, I don't, you know, she doesn't blip on my radar all that much, but it's a cool character. It's a, it's, it's a cool idea. So, um... And I think if they do it right, like, I think if they kind of do it as a procedural slash action, like, and can dun, find dun. a balance between the two, it could be really interesting. So, um, we'll see if that, if that actually bung, bung. pans out. Titans season two trailer dropped today. Um, we are a month away from the premiere of season two of the show Titans and our first official trailer dropped today. Um, I, I will admit that I did not have a chance to watch the trailer, but based on the reaction I'm seeing online, people seem to be mostly excited about it. Um, I really liked, Oh, we lost big Kev. Hopefully he'll pick back up in just a moment. Um, but I really liked season one of Titans. I know some people hated it. I know some people said that it was too violent. I know some people didn't like it cause they were expecting teen Titans and, uh, Teen Titans Go, mm -hmm. and I don't know why you're expecting Teen Titans Go. No. Um, uh, I agree that some of it was a bit over the top, like, fuck Batman. Like, that was over the top and ridiculous. That was a little silly. But I also feel like outside of the very first episode, which was a bit heavy-handed, mm -hmm. the series overall, I thought, developed quite nicely by the end of the run. I mean, from I feel that the... They needed that first episode to kind of like make it a little bit unique compared to everything else, right? Because um, I think the only thing you can arguably compare it to are the Marvel Netflix sure. series, um, and I think they needed to kind of, you know, kick it up a notch in some capacity. And 
have people talk about the show. Like they needed to sell everybody on that first episode. Right. Because how many times do you say, oh, did you see that? The new show just came out or something like that. Um, and I think that's kind of what they needed for the my buddies who are like big into DC. They were all about it. Yeah. Something a little different, something a little unique for them. Um, to give it a shot. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I really enjoyed it. So we'll see what happens with season two. I will go back and watch that trailer. Um, I do want to watch the show too. I didn't get a chance, but yeah. I do want to watch the show. I will say that I did finish The Boys this week. I haven't even started The Boys. Dude, it's fucking good. I, I hear nothing but great things about it, but it dropped like a few days before I left to go to Gen Con. Yeah. And it just wasn't even remotely possible gotcha. to dive into. And I, I so I, it's on my list of things to probably start this coming weekend. Um, it's already been renewed for season two. Yep, I'm not I, surprised. It was already announced before it even premiered, came, right? Yeah. Before it premiered. Um, it tells the story differently from the comic. Right. Um, I talked about it during the, uh, the bonus show a whole lot. Uh, but it was phenomenal. Yeah. People like my father who aren't big into comics, they were they're going nuts over it and uh it, it's worth checking it out. So we will we will talk more about that, uh hopefully once I have a chance to watch it. But uh with the mention of that bonus show. Yeah. Ms. Montessor, if people would like to get in on those bonus shows each and every week, they can go over to patreon.com backslash BK Geek stuff. They could sign up for the five dollar tier, which gives them access to the bonus shows. Three dollar tier gives you access to the shows early. One dollar tier gives you access to the uh, Discord chat. Of course, those rewards stack. Um, and then there's of course a ten dollar tier that gives you access to the live stream of the show. So all of those things are possible. Go over to patreon.com backslash BK Geek stuff. We did lose BK. He's having problems with his internet. Um, we are going to take a break, however. Yeah. Um, we do not have game stuff this week. But Aww. when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about my experience at Gen Con. Hooray. All right. So with that, Monty. With that, OG, we will take our first and only break here on Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Episode 552, the one we're calling The Magic of Coffee. Huh and za. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. We are back. Hey, hey. Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Episode 552. The one we call The Magic of Coffee. Our beautiful sponsor today. Our beautiful sponsor, of course, during the break there are the fine folks over at Build X-Wing. BuildXWing.com. The people who brought us Build the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Build R2-D2. And something next, I'm sure, coming down the pipeline. But for now, if you'd like, you can give the folks over at Build 
xwing.com a call. 877-544-6779. Or go over to buildxwing.com and uh, check out all they have to offer. Check out the products that they have over there. And uh, check out the video that's posted on our website. And uh, you can get in on that beautiful, wonderful, amazing piece of epicness. But let's get into Gen Con. Sure. So I went to Gen Con. Yeah, you did. Uh, I was there uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and flew home Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, flew in on Wednesday. Gen Con officially started on Thursday. Okay. Um, Tuesday night, of course, I did the mad scramble to not only spend a little bit of time with my family before I left for five days, um, but packing and last minute yeah, crap. The things you always forget, too. You got to make sure you don't put that in the suitcase. Right. The things you always forget. So uh, I roll into Indiana on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, not knowing what to expect. Okay. This is the first time. This, okay. My first Gen Con. But I've been hearing about it for years. You got to go to Gen Con. Pop you got to go to Gen Con. Got to go to Gen Con. Got to just best con. You'll love it. You'll love it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know what to expect. But all right. And uh, so my first impression of Gen Con is rolling into my hotel around yeah, noon right, that day. It. And the entire hotel was already taken over by people playing games. What kind of games? Board games. What kind of board tabletop games? games? What kind of tabletop every games? Every time, every game you can imagine, Mr. Monty, sir. Um, <laughs> the bar was taken over. The restaurant was taken over. The lobby was taken over. Every available table in the place was filled with people just playing games. There was a there was a group playing, running a Cthulhu game. Were there, there were there people like on the floor, like being annoying in the way? Of no, playing games? no, 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 no. They were they were they, everybody was sort of very. Um, where they belonged. It, okay. was, it was, it was, I gotta say, Gen Con probably one of the most positive vibes that really? I've ever had at a convention. Very, so, like very 10 positive. times better than Comic Con? Or... 10 times better than Comic Con. East Coast Comic Con. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Um, not to mention that the entire second and third floor of the hotel that I was in, the hotel that I was in was a Marriott. The second okay. and third floor was all convention space. Like, that's not where the convention was, Mm -hmm. but it was all convention space for, like, meeting rooms and stuff like that. Every single room, no matter how big or small on those two floors, Mm -hmm. was dedicated to some sort of game. Oh, that's great. This was an open RPG room, and it had, like, 50 tables in it where you can go and just play RPGs. Find a group, start a game. There was a big, huge open room where you can just go... Bring a stack of games in with you. Find a table and just start playing. That's great. Find groups to play. I just walked around on Thursday night looking at games that people were playing. I was like, hey, do you have a room at your table? Mm-hmm. And I just sat in it. And just, just jumped in. Just played some games with people. That's great. Um, so from in that regard, just great vibe, great community. Um, Gen Con takes over Indiana, Indianapolis the same way San Diego Comic Con takes over San Diego. Oh, it's that big? Even every... Most of the bars in the immediate vicinity mm-hmm. have some sort of Gen Con related event, no. gaming. The airport, the airport has tables set up in the airport. For real? With signs that say, uh, uh, when I got there, it was Gen Con hasn't started yet, but that doesn't mean your games can't start now. And it was people playing at the airport, waiting for their rides or waiting for friends to come in. When I left on um, Sunday morning, there were tables set up in the airport. Leaving Gen Con, have a couple hours before you fight, play a game. And there were people playing. Like, it takes over Indianapolis. I didn't realize this thing was that big. Yeah, it's huge. Wow, that's it's actually, huge. That's really impressive. Um, the, consent, the convention center was completely and utterly packed all five days. Um, there are events that take place in 
three separate hotels, or uh, two separate hotels, in addition to the convention center itself. Okay. So the hotel that I was in, which is the Marriott, there's a Westin that it takes place in, and then um, the Colts, I think, is the sports team that plays there. Yes, the Colts. Their their stadium, which is Lucas Oil Stadium, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire stadium is converted into gaming space. Really? For the convention, and it is mobbed. It is packed. You mean like inside or like inside, like on the field? No shit. Yeah, they so the it's an indoor stadium, Mm -hmm. all artificial turf. The artificial turf obviously comes up relatively easy. So where the field would be is just converted into tables. And and how much did it cost to go onto there? Nothing. You just it's part of the convention. Wow. Just just walk right. You just need the badge. So. Um, you could walk right in and play any of the pickup games. There was an area dedicated on that field. There was an area that they called the library. And for $6 a day, you get a wristband. Mm-hmm. You walk in and they've got to have about 200, 300 games just sitting on shelves. For 6 bucks. anytime during that day, you could just go, grab a game off a shelf and start playing. That's nothing. Yeah. And so they provide the games if you don't have them yourself. I should also say that the convention center Mm -hmm. is open 24 hours during the entire run of the con. Events take place up until about 3 a.m. And start off around 6 a.m. So there's about a three-hour window where there's nothing taking place. So there's a small intermission in the 24 hours. There's a small intermission in the 24 hours where there is nothing taking place. The open game rooms in both of the hotels take place until about 3 a.m. Okay. Um, The best thing about Indianapolis... Mm-hmm. Is that if you never want to step foot outside for the entire convention, you don't have to. That's nice because it is all of the hotels and the stadium are all connected by a series of tunnels. So it's in a way, it's kind of like the casinos in Atlantic City, except it's not Atlantic City. Yeah, and it's not sad. So I could go from my hotel to the convention center to the hotel next door, or from my hotel to the convention center to the stadium and never step foot outside. Dude, that's nice. That said, if I wanted to step foot outside, they also set up a huge area called, uh, I think it's called just the Gen Con Block Party, which is nothing but food trucks, um, two breweries that set up. Um, uh, Gen Con has a merch table. They have music. Wow. Uh, and that's open to the public. You don't even need a badge to go to that. You could just go. Um, food trucks were awesome. Breweries were awesome. That's great. Um, so much fun. This sounds like such a such, great vibe. Oh compared my God. To, and, and for anyone who, like, I know you guys have been to San Diego a bunch of times. I've been, you know, I've been to Comic-Con in New York a whole bunch uh-huh. of times, maybe, I don't know, 10 times at this point. Right. Um, and it's just each year it's become more of a, I don't want to say a pain in the ass, but just like the the magic of it has just kind of worn off in some capacity, um, especially while there's always construction going on at the Javits Center. Absolutely. Uh, and this just sounds like the biggest breath of fresh air. It 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 was such. It, it was such, it was such an open, welcoming convention, and it was so unique in its setting, and how it's run. Um, we'll um, talk a little bit about more about that in a second. But there's something that happens at Gen Con that I've never seen at any other convention. So you get your badge. And I'm looking at some of the pictures right now. Like, they, wow. Yeah, it's packed, too. Like, Saturday, the floor was packed. There was, I mean, it was it was not difficult to walk around, but it was clearly packed. So Gen Con does this thing where you get your badge, just mm-hmm. like every other convention. Mm-hmm. You have a lanyard. Random vendors around the convention and random people. 
around the convention. Make up these ribbons that get that you can get that attach to your badge. I posted a picture on Instagram of some of the ones that I collected while I was there. And, um, you know, vendors will just have random badges that say things. There was, um, there were all these badges that were like, you know, like LBGTQ friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, like there were like five or six different critical role themed badges that critical role itself had nothing to do with just the community made and we're handing out to yeah. people like literally someone would walk up to you and see that you have like a critical role pin or a t-shirt on and they'd be like hey take this you know critter ribbon or critter death hug ribbon or whatever it was yeah, yeah. it was it was just a really just super positive vibes super cool um, one of my biggest gripes about San Diego is the amount of time you waste on lines going to panels. Okay. Gen Con doesn't have that problem because... They have panels, though? They have panels. Okay. I went to a bunch. I went to probably like five. Okay. The way Gen Con works is it's a ticketing system. So you pretty much register for your panels like two months before the convention starts. You get tickets to the panels. Most of the panels are free. So it's not a first come first serve. It's a matter of they're organizing every. They're they're creating the line months in advance. Correct. Wow. So it is first come first serve, and that it could sell out. But, but you you're know, not wasting your time. You're not wasting That's your the time. key. Some of the panels have a have a, have a cost, two bucks, ten bucks. Um, but the so the price of admission is significantly cheaper than most other cons. I think my four day badge was a hundred bucks. It's pretty good, which is not bad. But, but for the fact that it's. 21 hours worth of of a convention yes that's worth it but you can so like one of the panels i went it was a 20 dollar ticket to go to that particular panel but all of the money went to a charity it went to the special olympics like i didn't care like yeah like, <laughs> compl- you know gonna complain about that but like like one of the panels i went to was a two dollar charge uh-huh. and that was it was simply a crowd control measure okay. and it was so that people who bought tickets showed up people didn't waste their time that kind of thing, right? Okay. Um, you could also buy tickets to some gaming demos if you wanted to do like a special gaming demo and stuff like that. And some of those things were two bucks or three bucks or four bucks. But again, when all is said and done, I still spent probably less than $140 on my badges, if you want to include that in my badge price. And honestly, like I'm just, I'm scrolling through the, the Gen Con hashtags on Instagram right now and just... yeah. I mean, this it just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Uh, Celebration also uses a ticket uh, ticketing system this year, which worked out really well. Uh, Celebration did not charge for the tickets; it was a lottery system. Right? Okay. So again, I get the lottery system. I actually didn't mind that they charged for these tickets, though. This is Big Kev chiming in, by the way, because he was at Celebration. I didn't mind the I didn't mind the ticketing system because I didn't mind paying for some of the events that I went to. Not to mention that. Two of the other things that I went to were absolutely free. You just had to register to get a ticket mm-hmm. um, rather than deal with a lottery. Just looking system. at the stadium right now and yeah. everything. Just just filled with tables. Wow. Um, so so just the overall vibe, the way it's organized. Is this the biggest tabletop gaming convention in the country? It is. It might be the biggest tabletop gaming convention in the world. I'm not sure. Um, it's So this convention... Um, Actually, its its roots are not in Indianapolis. Its roots are from Wisconsin. And actually, the very first iteration of this convention um, was started by Gary Gygax, who no, is no the care. grandfather of, you know, forefather uh, of, 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 of tabletop role playing games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he is D and D. 
you know, Gygax is D&D. If there was no Gygax, there is no D&D. Um, so, um, so, I mean, Gen Con has a long history of being this type of convention, but it's not just D&D, it's not just Cthulhu, it's actual board games, it's Catan, it's... It's all over the place. It's, um, you know, it's, it's every kind of board game you can think of. It's Catan, it's Risk, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's... I don't know. It's ticket to ride. It's, it's creativity, honestly. Oh, with, absolutely. With the way people are painting, the the merchandise, their the stuff they're making in their home, you know probably in their basements or garage right now. Um, really impressive stuff. Yeah, like Dwarven Forge was there, which is like high end tabletop terrain. Um, lots of vendors selling things like dice and minis. Oh, I'm sure there's um, so many dice that were sold. Um, but it's also just a lot of companies demoing their new games that are coming out, selling you games that have already been like out. Like their previews for the year and yep. everything. Um, Wizards of the Coast or Dungeons and Dragons had a huge booth. Um, I'm trying to think. Wormwood had a booth, Wormwood Gaming. Mm -hmm. um, I visited the Wormwood Gaming booth. It was amazing. I did get myself the dice vault to nicely display my very expensive level up dice. Um, this is my very expensive dice vault to mm -hmm. go along with it. Um, I did have the opportunity to meet um, one of my favorite Critical Role cosplayers who was a guest at the Wormwood booth, uh, Ginny D. She cosplays as Jester primarily from Critical Role Campaign 2, but she also cosplays as Keyleth. Um, from Critical Role Season 1, uh, which was uh, Keyleth was Marisha Ray's character from Season 1. Jester is Laura Bailey's character from Season 2. Um, so I did get to meet her. She was an absolute sweetheart. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I went to the Cyanide and Happiness booth and I got to play their new game, which is currently has like 25 hours left on their Kickstarter. They're hysterical, by the way, for um, those who haven't given them a shot. And their game, their new game is called Trial by Trolley. And essentially, you're playing a conductor and you have to play trolley tracks. Uh -huh. And randomly on the trolley tracks, like victims will come up on the tracks and you have to decide essentially who you're sacrificing. <laughs> like, is it the elderly couple stuck on the track or is it the little kid too? I, I can't see the numbers from here. How much did it crush uh, its goal? So their goal was $69,420. They've thus far raised $3.1 million with 24 hours left to go. Yeah, and they just gained like 200 bucks as we were having Oh yeah, it's still ticking up in the last 24 hours. I actually might decide to pledge for this in the in the in the waning hours because the game was a lot of fun was to really? play oh yeah it, was, it, was, it looks it looks like that perfect like you have your friends over drinking food kind of you know it's like a chill night something 100 percent um the i also did get to play the trogador game so those of you who are fan, fans of the old strong bad website um homestar runner website trogador was kind of this creation from strong bad he was this dragon that had two muscular arms and you mm -hmm. know Trogador burninating the land. Um, and the game is just completely and utterly ridiculous and silly and fun. And it was it was awesome to try to uh, play and just have a good time. So I got to check that out. Um, an older game that has been out already for a while, but I got to play it there for the first time with a pickup group um, and has an expansion coming out later this year was Dungeon Mayhem. Which is a it's a quick, uh, up to four players game. It's sort of a dip your toes into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It's in that, that time of the night. We turn on the black nice. light. Very Let nice. the Dungeons nice. and the Dragons begin. <laughs> it's D and D. Fighting with 
the legends of yore. It's D&D. Did you, did anybody play that song at any one point during the show? Uh, no, I, I never heard that at any point during the show. So it's nice to hear it here. But essentially the <laughs> game is, uh, you have four different player types you could play. There's like a monk, there's a wizard, I think there's a barbarian, and I forget what the fourth class is, a rogue, I think is the fourth okay. class. And essentially you're just playing cards against each other, trying to just damage them and- So it's a quick, it's a quick, it's a quick pickup game. It's a quick pickup game. Like you could easily play a game in like, 40 minutes now how do they have anything kind of set up to uh like an introduction kind of set up for kids or adults who are trying to get into tabletop gaming and or some kind of gaming one way or another yes so there were a lot of panels that were dedicated to that type of thing that's great um there were panels dedicated to um learning how to play D&D. There was, there was one group that was selling tickets. I want to say it was like $10 for a ticket to this group. And it was, I think they had three games throughout the entire run of the weekend. And uh, for $10 throughout the entire run of the weekend, um, it was for first time players of Dungeons and Dragons. That's great. Character creation through one shot. You know, it was like a four so, or five so hour it, event. It's a one, 101 of D&D or whatever the case may be. Correct. That's great. Um, but then there was also advanced panels for oh. DMs and stuff. Like I went to two different panels. Like DM classes? Yeah, essentially. Oh, cool, one cool. was one was um one was just about world building and storytelling. And it was tips from DMs, people who have been running games. And one was how to create unique and interesting NPCs. That's great. You know, and they, those panels were free. Like I'm paying oh, for really? those. I just really? went. I, I had a, I I reserved tickets to them. Mm -hmm. So I had a guaranteed spot. Now, but you, you've been playing D&D for quite a long time. Since 1991. Since 1900s. <laughs> yeah. You've DM'd since... Uh, through the years, I've DM'd various times. Okay, you've been doing a lot on your Twitch channel, yes. obviously. Yes, Twitch.com. Slash GeekStuffOG. Thank you, thank you. Um, how, what kind of, like, did you find it useful, and did you find a lot of tricks that you want to now incorporate into your games? I did. Um, I, I, I find that one of the best ways to become a better DM, outside of just sitting down and doing it, mm -hmm. right? I, I think the only way to really become a DM in any kind of game is to try to just sit down and do it. Okay. But I find the best advice comes from other DMs. I'm a big fan of guys like Matt Mercer, who is obviously the DM of Critical Role. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Colville, who does a series on uh, YouTube called um, um, Running the Game. Okay. And it's just a series of like 30, 35 minute videos about different aspects of running oh, cool. tabletop games. I'm a big fan of his videos. I watch his videos online. I watch his Twitch channel. Um, I'm a big fan of those guys. And I find it's, it's one of two things. You either pick up a lot of pointers from them mm -hmm. or you sort of learn how to take things that you already know and reapply them. Or you get some sort of affirmation that things that you're doing are right or okay. Okay. Um, but all those things are very important to someone who's trying to learn the skill of the tricks of the game. trade. Um, now, is that also for people who are trying to paint or create maybe landscape from scratch? Do they so? Do along those I did not see any panels dedicated to terrain building. Really? But that said, um, it's either I missed them or um which is possible in which 21 is possible hours in the, in the time that was there that said if someone proposed it i bet they would accept it yeah like you can propose panels you can just be like hey if there's an open room i'd like to do a terrain class yeah i'm surprised from someone from uh wizards of the coast isn't, isn't yeah. trying to do anything along those lines um but i did see painting classes for oh, cool. cool cool um and there was actually a mini painting contest too 
That's really nice. Um, one of the other things that I saw that was really, really cool, they have this area called Karthala. Um, and I took some photos of it and I posted it. It's in the convention center. It kind of takes up this one area of the convention center, runs the entire course of the weekend. Pretty much, you can either show up with your own cards, magic cards, Pokemon cards, a deck of cards, any kind of card. Mm -hmm. And you just go into this area and you start building structures with cards. So it's giving you like strategy? No, 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 no. It's, you're just... It's just for fun. You're just you're building towers or bridges. Oh. Like it's literally just it's a house building of cards. Ship, a house of cards. Gotcha. So all weekend long, this goes on. People can just go and I posted some photos of this too on my Instagram, uh, Geek Stuff OG on Instagram. You just go and build. At the end of the weekend, on Sunday or no, at Saturday night at 10 p.m., they have a charity auction where you can bid mm -hmm. uh, tickets to get into Cardhala to just Godzilla the towers. And all of the money earned goes to a local charity. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a child uh, poverty or child hungry charity. Everything, or all right. Like that. Give me something about the show you didn't like, because I'll be honest, this sounds like one of the best shows that I've never been to right now. I, honestly, I, I don't think I had a single negative experience. Yeah, you, you had to fly the out there. Like that was the biggest. Problem. Yeah, the, the like getting there was was the biggest challenge, and even the flight from New Jersey is only like two hours. <laughs> It's like, like literally, I there was no negative experience. Even like in That's my great. off time, I found some great breweries and little restaurants in downtown Indianapolis to get food at night. So you got, so you got some great, oops, you got some great food. You got some great, nice quality stuff. Yep. That we were talking about. Um, sounds like an absolute win. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm gonna hopefully try to go again next year. I don't see why I wouldn't be able to go again next year. Um, I think it is now my favorite convention to attend. I think you're just gonna need a attendee. producer to go with you next year. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, look, you know, we can get a group to go and have game night every night and play all sorts of fun stuff. Um, it's definitely a good time. I know we're running a little bit wrong and we have to wrap this up, but um, but definitely check out Gen Con. Check out my Instagram page. I posted a bunch of photos. Um, check out my Twitch channel because I'll be talking more about it on my fireside chat that's coming Thursday night. Um, and yeah, it's it was, it's it was there you go. Warriors that terrify, it's DND. And now I hear the you hear that? I hear that. Wow, the that wrap up it, music that kicking well. up. I did the timing was perfect. Um, so with all of that being said, with the amazingness of this week's news and Gen Con, now in our past, um, don't forget you can find us online each and every week over at bkgeekstuff.com. You can go to facebook.com backslash, backslash right. bkgeekstuff. You can go to uh, patreon.com backslash bkgeekstuff. You can find us in all of those places. Of course, Patreon is for people who want to get the show early, get the bonus content, get the live stream, all of those things. Um, in addition to that, you can find me on the social medias. I am GeekStuffOG on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Um, Big Kev is BKGeekStuff on Twitter. Mm -hmm. and Same for the Instagrams. BKGeekStuff on Instagram. No clue what he is on the Xbox. I no forgot, clue on the Xbox. But you again, Cowboys and um, Jazz. And you, my friend. Um, really quickly, uh, just a quick side note. Um, I am going to be at the uh, the Terrificon coming up uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, me and some of the guys over at Gotham Comics from Caldwell, New Jersey, will be there. Um, so if anyone's going to be there on Saturday, um, hit me up. Let me know if you guys are going to be there. And also, we have the uh, contest going on. Uh, I will post some stuff on social medias and also on the uh, Discord, just as a reminder. Uh, check out the San Diego Hot Toys um, video. 
uh, take a look and see what are the must-haves uh, for Big Kev's. What does he consider the must-haves for himself? Uh, we have some prizes in the works. You can email us at BigKev'sGeekStuff at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 201-730-2547. And for the social medias, it is Monty's Mayhem on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, on iTunes Ping. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Bring it back. Uh, Big Kev, correct me. Big Kev GS on the Xbox. Um, the more you know. So uh, with that... With that, OG, we will uh, wrap things up with episode 552, The Magic of Coffee, by saying goodnight, Big Kev, wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. I got a song filled with shit for the strong-willed. When the world gives you a raw deal, sets you off till you scream, piss off, screw you when it talks to you like you don't belong. It tells you you're in the wrong field when something's in your mitochondrial because it latched on to you like... Knock, knock, let the devil in, benevolent as I've ever been. Head is spinning, this medicine, screaming, dick, 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 medicine. It dick, dick, like a salad bowl, let your Allen Poe bedridden. Should have been dead a long time ago. Liquid Tylenol, gelatin, sneak my skeletons, melting. Wicked, I get all high when I think I smell the scent of elephant. Manure, hell, I'm in Kahlua, screw it to hell with it. I went through hell with accelerants and blew up my...